Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. All right, everybody, I'm going to start us off with a high five today, and that is a little um, wellness beauty hack. <laughs> I We have our notes here in front of us, and I typed in castor oil into our notes to share this hack, and Terilyn and Caitlin thought this was going to be some strange thing. It's not that strange. Um, it So my high five is to using castor oil to condition, I guess your eyebrows and eyelashes. You just rub it in, eyelash line, rub it in your eyebrows. And I feel like my eyebrows and my eyelashes are just growing like crazy. It's amazing. So everybody should try it. And it feels nice in the under eye region. Oh, it's very nourishing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is different than the direction I thought you were going because you didn't clarify if it was a high five or a face palm. So I thought it was going to be you drink some castor oil. Yeah. (laughs) Poop my pants all day. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. Okay, I love that. And I'm going to try it. Uh, Mine is a high five for myself because you guys know that I take a bath every single morning and it's kind of my special time. And I oftentimes read. I do my reading there. So I was reading this meditation magazine in the tub. I dropped the magazine, the whole magazine, just submerged into the tub. (laughs) And my high five is that I said out loud, and then it just made me laugh. I picked it up (laughs) and I said to myself, it happens. (laughs) That's what I say to my kids, right? Like when they spill milk or whatever, I'm always just like, it happens, you know. Like we make mistakes, we clean it up. And it made me happy because in my I've said it enough to my kids. It's to me an example of we can't give others what we can't what we don't give to ourselves and vice versa. We can't give ourselves what we don't give to others. Whether that's non-judgment, unconditional love, uh, forgiveness, whatever. And it made me happy that that internal instead of being like I'm so down, why'd I do that? It was just like my automatic response was, it happens. Oh <laughs> I just kept reading the wet magazine. <laughs> but I, anyway, so it just, awesome. it was just like a high five to practicing how, as we practice our relationships with others, it really does help ourselves and we can just be a lot, I'm a lot more um, understanding of myself now that I've had my kids <laughs> break a hundred things and spill things and they make, they can make us, better I love we that. make each other better I love that do you guys ever find yourself talking to yourself like you like f- realize that you're talking to yourself and it's like oh every second every day <laughs> and like I'll like find myself laughing or like something like that it's like you do something it's like you just say something to yourself and it's like oh like I'm having like a good relationship with myself <laughs> anyway. I love yourself yeah, I love it I just think it's funny I'm like picturing you by yourself just like it's okay it happens <laughs> We fix the mistakes we make. (laughs) I can clean up my own mess. I love that. So what do you say when your kids are on the third time doing the same drop? Because I say the first time is a mistake. The next other times are your fault. (laughs) That's not good parenting. I'm just saying that's how I feel and a lot of times what I say. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I accept that, Felicia. I think you just embrace it. <laughs> um, mine is also a high five, and it's just a simple one that it snowed in the last couple days here where we are, and I just love when it starts snowing, and especially after Halloween. I feel like before mm. Halloween, it's like one thing, and it's very fun. But I feel like after Halloween, it just makes me so excited for Christmas. I can feel myself, like, bubbling up with excitement for Christmas. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. oh, I just love it. So it was magical. And this year was the first um, my baby is now, like, actually old enough to really, I don't know, like, play in the snow. And so mm-hmm. it was fun. He, like, mm-hmm. ate his first snow. And you could tell <laughs> so he was just, cute. like, loving it. Because he puts everything in his mouth. And most of the time, I'm like, hey, like, don't eat it. Don't eat it. But, like, this time he, like, picked it up and, like, put it to his mouth and was watching me. And I'm like try it out like it's pretty cool so anyways that was fun oh that's so cute yes the first snow it's so magical it really is I think because I've always lived where there's snow around the holidays I thought about this the other day because my kids we were talking about I think Florida and they were like there's no snow at Christmas like it blew their mind and I'm like that is kind of interesting Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it really is a trigger for me even though I don't really enjoy winter, I do like snow at the holidays. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Kind of unique. Yeah. When I lived in California, it was, like, hard to realize that it was Christmas because it just, like, never snowed. It was always right. just, like, palm trees and nice right. weather. So it was like, oh, mm-hmm. tomorrow's Christmas. That's yeah. kind of weird. Oh, that's but interesting. Anyway. Yeah. We have a few awesome sponsors this week uh, that we would just want to talk about real quick. And the first one is that it's Blue Blocks. Uh, you guys have talked, heard us talk about light hygiene and how uh, we can really help ourselves by reducing our exposure to blue light. And uh, bluebox.com is where you can find their amazing products. I would just like to say that I have been experimenting with my children at night, uh, decreasing their exposure to blue light. And wow, not only does it work for them, they're getting sleepy. I'm getting sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. Way earlier than I normally, because my problem is usually I'm just not sleepy, and then I go to bed too late, and then, I wake, and then I'm just not getting quite enough sleep. But um, using their stuff really, really helps uh, make that an easy transition. So you can go to bluebox.com, which is B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, and use code FINDTHEMAGIC for a 15% discount off your purchase. And our next sponsor is Parasol. Um, they are a diaper delivery company, and can I say, not having to run to the store because you're out of diapers is so nice mm-hmm. that they just come to your door. And especially those of you who, you know, like all of our cities have different uh, COVID rules right now. And so it's nice just to have that. I, I found myself, you know, I pick up my groceries. I have a lot of stuff you know, subscribe and save on Amazon. And this is just one of the other main purchases that we make that's just automatic, which is so nice. Mm -hmm. And so their website is parasolco.com, P-A-R-A-S-O-L-C-O.com. And they are giving um, 20% off your first month subscription with code FindTheMagic. Yeah, awesome. I've also been using their diapers and I really love them. I really like them a lot. Um, and our last sponsor is Utah House Doctors. So for those that live in Utah, um, they are awesome. So me and Felicia have both used them and I, so 
the real estate agent through Utah House Doctors that I've used is Roger. And we used him both to to buy and sell our first house that we bought in Kaysville a few years ago. And then um, me and my husband moved out of state for a few years. And then when we moved back, we just bought another house about a year ago. And as you guys know, like the market is crazy. It was crazy a few years ago when we were buying and selling. And it's even just gotten more insane now. Mm -hmm. And so um, we just have absolutely loved, like we recommend them to everyone that we know because it has been so worth just everything. Um, I feel like for both the processes, both buying and selling mm-hmm. and having that experience with both, having that um, like expertise, having someone to like know where to price it, um, what prices are good, being able to get a good deal as you're buying is just been totally worth everything for, sure. for us. Um, yeah, I feel like it's total win-win, both like emotional sanity, mental sanity. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's great. So um, I totally recommend them and they are one of our um, sponsors now, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And their website um, is utahhousedoctors.com. Their their main avenue for interacting is on Instagram at Utah House Doctors. All right, guys, today we're talking about a subject that, um, and a book that has challenged a lot of <clears throat> our beliefs you know, cemented some, but also challenged us in a lot of ways. And that is the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And we've really been simmering on this content that's in her book. And we were talking about how a lot of times when when you're reading a book, um, because it is concrete and sitting in front of you and you're like in the depths of it, you feel like, okay, this is truth. And now I need to change my beliefs that I might have that are different than this because this is true. Like you're like (laughs) deep in it. And then you have to come out and, you know, let those thoughts simmer and think about um, how you incorporate it into your truth because we all get to create um, our own philosophies and our own truths. And that's something that's beautiful about this life. And I feel like this, all of Glennon's thoughts and books make me do this probably more than, Mm -hmm. you know, Byron Katie's up there. Mm-hmm. for me with that process, but definitely Glennon Doyle. So we wanted to break down some of our favorite um, philosophies in this book and how we've simmered them down and interwoven them into our life, but definitely a challenging mm-hmm. book. Challenges a lot of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think the discovery, I feel like that's a process that we all go through. I remember the first time I read parenting books, I read one that was on one side of the spectrum. And then I, right after that, read another one that <laughs> mm-hmm. was the opposite side. And I was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. hold on a second. Just because I think we learn it's thrilling actually to realize that the things we read don't have to be our truth, but they can be. Mm-hmm. And that openness and the discussion with ourselves, I think is one of the most valuable internal conversations that we can have. So I love when I read books like this that really challenge me because it allows me to have those important discussions with myself, Mm -hmm. right? What do I believe here? Do I believe this? Is this part of my truth or is it not? So I love it. I mean, and her writing. Wow. Yeah, we thought that the best way to share this would be to share quotes or passages of her writing and then talk about them because it is phenomenal. She's a beautiful writer. So the first one we want to share is... um, kind of about that concept that we all have that life should be perfect and happy. And Glennon says, the truest, most beautiful life never promises to be an easy one. We need to let go of the lie that it's supposed to be. 
And it, that is just such a truth bomb for me. And it aligns with everything we talk about here with giving that sort of emotional um, grace to our kids, but it's giving it to ourselves and to our life, which is not always easy. I beat myself up when life is hairy or I'm not feeling happy. And it's really a preconditioned thing that I think to be uh, worthy, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I need to be Mm -hmm. happy all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it really, her book challenges this in a lot of places. Another quote from her that I love is, what scares me more than feeling it all is missing it all. And it's so true. If we don't allow our, all the pain, all the frustration, all of that, if we see our life as needing to be perfect, you're really just numbing out Mm -hmm. at least 50%. Right. And as Brene Brown says, you cannot selectively numb emotions. If you want to fully feel joy and pleasure and fulfillment, we need to be able to feel the emptiness and the pain and the discomfort, mm-hmm. right? We we have to be open to both. And Glennon says, feelings are for feeling, all of them, even the hard ones. The secret is that you're doing it right and doing it right hurts sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think, again, we are so conditioned to thinking that if our emotions are a negative, that means something is wrong. And I think that it's liberating to realize that just because we're feeling negative emotions does not mean something is wrong. It simply means that we're living, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That we have both. All the feelings. We can feel them all, and it doesn't mean that something is terribly wrong. Totally. And sometimes, even as I say that, sometimes things are terribly wrong, but that doesn't mean that hope is lost, right? Right. It simply means that, again, we are just living. We're just living our lives, and there's beauty there, and there's ugliness, and it's all part of life. Yeah, and something that I love about that first quote that we said, the the truest and most beautiful life. She didn't say that the happiest life mm-hmm. never promises to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's the truest and most beautiful. And I, I love that because I think when we are living a true life and a beautiful one, it does have those peaks and valleys. And we can't have, like, the the really happy, joyful times, like, as you said, without having some of those really deep like anguish times of Mm -hmm. our lives too so I love that that like for us to live a true life it does have all the feels and I love that like the idea of um she also gives another time where so she was alcoholic and drug you know all sorts of things for a while but she gives um she went to an AA meeting and one of the people said exactly that that feelings are for feeling all of them and I love that because I think sometimes it's like we do kind of tend to push away those not happy feelings. And I think sometimes even in others, like in our children, sometimes it's easy to be like after a while to be like, okay, but like, let's, you know, right, let's move on. That you know, now like, more. <laughs> can, we, can we just like get over that now? But, um, or, or in our spouses or in our friends, you know, sometimes I think it can be easy to, and in ourselves, to be able to push away those negative feelings. But I love that like feelings are just for feeling and as we let them process through us then like they can pass but I think sometimes when we try to suppress them or like cover them up we aren't actually able to to let them pass and sometimes they just like get stuck there unless Mm -hmm. we let them just process Mm -hmm. and feel those hard ones as well as the Mm -hmm. good ones which just I mean guys we talk about this about parenting all the time right this is one of our pillars Mm -hmm. (laughs) the idea that we need to allow emotion in others and in ourselves and I 
just think we focus so much as we're talking about others. But I really love this conversation because I think it's crucial that we do it for ourselves too. Mm-hmm. That we allow ourselves to feel all those different things. And the, really the premise of the book, Untamed, is that we, it may, it's geared anybody, it applies to everyone, men and women, but the specifically us as women are tamed at a young age. We suppress who we truly are. We try to fit into specific molds instead of living our truest self. And this question, what is your truest and most beautiful life right now, I think is a beautiful question to come back to because it doesn't give us permission or um, not that we need permission, but it doesn't like encourage us to just be like, seek after happiness and pleasure and that's it and forget about everybody in your lives. It's not saying that. Mm -hmm. It's saying just simply what is true and beautiful for you right now, which for all of us includes giving to ourselves and giving to others in our most important relationships and honoring ourselves and honoring others. I think it's a beautiful question because it allows us to do both. Both live our truth free and liberating ourselves while at the same time not abandoning those we love, mm-hmm. right? right? I just think it's a beautiful question that kind of grounds us back to a nice balance. Right, because that's the challenge. I think a lot of the times the challenge with hearing someone speak this way about, um, you know, honoring ourselves as women. So Glennon tells um, a story at the beginning of the book about a cheetah who's in a zoo and um, she has a realization that this cheetah has so much wild. Mm -hmm. It it is wild, but it's been completely tamed by its surroundings, and she parallels that with us as women. And I think the challenge sometimes when you hear words like wild and untamed and, um, you know, you've been in a cage and... If you start to internalize that at face value, then it's just like, you know, like, rah, like, blast this cage, and like, I'm a cheetah, (laughs) and like, I'm running free, and like, these kids are a cage, and blah, and my husband's a cage, and I don't think that's what we're talking about. Right. In fact, it's not. (laughs) Just to be clear, it's actually not what we're talking about. And I think that quote really does ground us, like Tyrone said, the truest, most beautiful life never you know, truest and most beautiful for each of us is wildly different. Yes. And if we, it's really looking inside of ourselves instead of what is everyone else telling me to be? Mm -hmm. It's looking to what's true. And I think if you are a mother, being the mother that you are, whatever that is, is going to be, like your kids aren't going to reveal themselves as a cage to you. I think you are going to feel like, being every being any kind of everyone's going to be a different mom but i think that is going to be something that anchors you to a truth Mm -hmm. you chose that yeah for me the crux of this is i don't believe in being trapped Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people feel trapped in their own lives and the key to not feeling trapped is to realize that every aspect of our life is a choice Mm -hmm. so And by owning that choice, it actually liberates us. So I choose 
to drive my kids to school in the morning because of these things that I value, not because I am forced to or I have to or I'm trapped. You can use this in any relationship, any situation in your life. You can look at it and say, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling trapped. Okay, I'm gonna reframe this as a choice. And there are some things that as you do this exercise, you're gonna not choose it, right? You're gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna not choose that anymore. And there are other things that there are reasons why you choose it. And by just simply, I mean, this is a whole nother conversation on its own, but by simply acknowledging that you have a choice in your own life, you're freeing yourself from your own cage. You have totally. the keys in your hands, literally. And oftentimes it's simply the reframing that frees us. And other times it is actually changing our circumstance, mm -hmm. right? Because there are situations where, yeah, this is not working, this situation, and I actually am going to choose to change it. But I think a lot of times, specifically in our roles as mothers, it's a matter of reframing it and choosing it, and that's what liberates us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I just even think to this, you know, the first year of a baby's life is so much... I mean, if you were to look at it as like a trap, I mean, you, you are, you're with that baby a lot. And like they, in a lot of ways, they really can't live without you. And so, um, I think if you're looking at it one way, it could feel like a trap. If you're looking at it like, well, I, I have no other choice then, but to do this. And I think sometimes in motherhood, there is this idea of like a self-sacrificing thing. Like I am sacrificing, you know, whether it's a career or whether it's just my time or my energy or whatever, if you're looking at it as just like, I'm all self-sacrificing for my family, for sure we are like, we are doing that in a lot of ways. But I love that, that like, as we look at it as like, but I, I'm choosing to do this and then d looking at the why. And mm -hmm. it might be different for every, you know, everything that you're doing. But it is, it's very empowering and it totally changes it. Totally, yeah. I And I think that leads us into um, the next quote we wanted to share from Glennon was, when a woman finally learns that pleasing the world is impossible, she becomes free to learn how to please herself. And that is so good. I just love that. Just let that sink in. It kind of goes <laughs> along with what we, we talked about on another episode. We'll link it, it about sexuality with John, Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Mm -hmm. That owning our own desire. This isn't, we're not talking about sexuality here specifically. Right, right. But I'm saying there is something to owning our own desires in our entire, every single area of our life. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we are afraid of our own desires, but owning them, there's mm -hmm. some power to that. Totally. And as you're being a mom, like throughout it, because I think sometimes we we know some women who, you know, they go through a long, you know, all their child rearing years and they get to a point where it's like, oh my gosh, what have I, like I've lost, you know, I've lost out of this time or whatever. So I think it's also good to like, as you're, there's going to be times and seasons where maybe you're going to be doing less of some of the things that you desire, or things mm -hmm. that you want. But I think recognizing like maintaining that, um, maintaining those desires and like maintaining like this is something that really fuels me or whatever. And, and like remembering that throughout all the seasons, maybe there's some seasons where you're going to be able to put more time and energy into it. And then there's some seasons where you won't be, but I think maintaining that does keep us vibrant and alive mm -hmm. and, and wild, you know? Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're talking about the balance between sacrifice from a place of resentment and fulfillment. So on one side of the spectrum, you have sacrificing yourself from a place of resentment and emptiness where you feel like you're losing yourself and giving to others. The other side of that same spectrum is only focusing on fulfilling yourself and not thinking about others, mm -hmm. right? And I think 
none of us want to be on either side of those spectrums. Right. right. <laughs> we don't want to totally just abandon ourselves or live in a way that only serves us. And I think the, the really the revolutionary thought here that I feel like Glennon Doyle is saying is that as we fulfill ourselves and within that context, then choose service to others from a place of fulfillment, mm -hmm. that's where we can be both, mm -hmm. right? And both. And <laughs> it doesn't have to be either or, mm -hmm. it can be both. Mm -hmm. And I find that in my own life, I actually find that as I look at what actually fills me, and I'm not talking about surface eating, eating Reese's, oh, I love Reese's, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm not talking like just the um, kind of like surface level pleasures of life. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like the deep soul fulfilling desires of my heart. As I fulfill those, I am actually able to give from a much better space. Yeah, you're being more true to yourself. And so then, both and, you're more true to other people. Like, mm -hmm. I look when I'm in a space, say, with with Parker, where I'm, I'm not being true to my needs. I find myself being way more naggy with mm -hmm. him. Yes. And, like, <laughs> yes. like, needy of his time and needing him to do the mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And same with my kids, where if I am being true to what I want, then I have way more space to allow for all the people in my life to be true to themselves. And it's it's like respecting both of us instead of building up, well, I'm feeling resentful, so like now I'm resentful towards you. Like, mm -hmm. I do think that they work together. Mm -hmm. um, so in the book, Glennon tells a story about um, a group of teenage boys and girls. It's her son and his friends. And she comes into the room and asks them if they're hungry. And she describes how the boys answer individually, like, yeah, or no, or whatever. And the girls, it seems, in like a second, all look towards each other, like, are we hungry? <laughs> Without saying anything. And then choose a spokesperson, one of them, to, you know, they don't choose her. She just says, for all of them, no, we're fine. And... You know, Glennon breaks this down as an example of how, as women, we people please, basically, or we look to others for how we are feeling instead of looking inside, am I hungry? You know, we're, like, um, looking for group consensus or yes. what other people want us to mm -hmm. feel. Or approval. Or approval, approval, yeah. And this is one of those things that, you know, I wrestled with a little bit because I – when I first heard that story, of course, I'm like, oh, but if the one girl's hungry, she should just say she's hungry. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, in that story, I'm like, well, no, that's ridiculous. But when I think about our strength as women, I think one of our strengths that I don't want to uh, dissipate is empathy and the ability that I feel like I have to see and understand and feel, I mean, that's like strength mm -hmm. as a mother to understand other people mm -hmm. and to empathize with them and to not always put my desires, whatever they are, first out of choice, though. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, but I think this is another example of both and, 
Mm-hmm. We can instead we of either can, or. Yeah, mm-hmm. instead of either or, we can be empathetic and recognize that as a strength um, and honor our own mm-hmm. desires. You know what word's coming to my mind as you say that? When we talk about intuitive eating, which we've mentioned in other episodes, uh, we talk about honoring our own hunger, mm-hmm. right? We're listening to our body for our hunger cues. And in honoring our own hunger and owning it, really, uh, we're able to serve our bodies much better. So I think what you're saying here is as we honor our own hunger and our own needs, look inside of ourselves, we don't have to give up the gift that we have to actually be able to honor the needs and hunger of other people as well. And I think you're right. I think oftentimes people, men and women, but I mean, we're all women, the three of us here are women talking, and I feel like we do have a special gift of the ability to tap into other people's needs. I think it's It's a superpower. It is a superpower. I mean, we do it with our children all the time. We look deep inside of them when something's off and we feel what their needs are when they're babies and they can't even speak. We Mm -hmm. use that power to discern what they need Mm -hmm. and why it would be a shame to set that superpower aside, Mm -hmm. but it would also be a shame to, in doing that for others, neglect the ability to tap into our own self and honor our own hunger and our own needs. Mm -hmm. So that's what keeps coming into my mind, that we can honor both and they're both beautiful. Mm -hmm. We don't have to give up one for the other. Totally. Whew, man. Loving it. Big stuff. (laughs) Feeling it. All right. We, okay, so Glennon shares a poem in the book. Carolyn has to read it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, guys, this, I had never heard this poem until, oh, until her book. I instantly, you know how, I mean, you guys all know, if you've listened to me talk for more than a couple episodes, you know that I'm obsessed with words and poetry and literature and, oh, sometimes words just take my breath away and when I saw this poem. I instantly fell in love with it and I've memorized it. And I seriously, not on purpose, but I like find myself saying it to myself multiple times a day as I interact with people. Mm -hmm. So here is the poem. It's by Hafiz and it's called Dropping Keys. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage who has to duck his head when the moon is low keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful rowdy prisoners. Oh, it just gives me the chills because, so just to break this down a little bit, and she actually changes the pronoun to female, which is also fun to do, uh, but that people who feel small on the inside spend their lives building cages. We try to control people. We try to tell them who they should be. And oftentimes, I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt here. I think we try to control people because we want the best for them right? We, we, we're trying, we're all just trying our best, but as we build cages for people, that isn't how we're meant to live, guys. We're not meant to live in cages. And then he says the sage or the wise person, and I love the metaphor or that imagery of he has to duck his head when the moon is low (laughs) because he's just so big on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. Um, keeps dropping keys all night long for the prisoners. And Honestly, I feel like right now in my life, it's like my motto. Like, <laughs> like I just keep thinking to myself as I'm talking to somebody, I think, am I dropping keys to this person or am I building a cage around them by telling them what they should do? 
And as I say this, I'm not saying I think advice can be beautiful. And when people ask for help, I think there's a lot of great tools. I'm not saying offering toolbox. I actually, I think offering tools in the right situation, if somebody's ready to receive them, can be like dropping keys, right? For me, the cage comes when there's a judgment of you are less than because you are not doing what I say you mm-hmm. should be doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It doesn't mean we can't give advice to people or share with them or or even give guidelines specifically with our kids. We are setting boundaries around our children all the time, right? Setting limits. Mm-hmm. Like we are, but that's not a cage. Mm-hmm. We give them the limits to keep them safe. And then within those limits, we are giving them as much freedom as we can possibly give them. And specifically, and we're talking, now I'm kind of diving into behavior here. It's more than that, guys. I feel like deep down in our souls, are we allowing, and I'm, wow, guys, I'm not going to apologize. You know what? I'm not going to apologize <laughs> for my emotion here. I'm feeling it today, okay? That can we allow people just to be who they are without trying to change them? So I'm not talking about setting specific boundaries around behavior because that's important Mm -hmm. and that's respect Mm -hmm. for ourselves and for others. I'm talking about, can we just let people be who they are? If our kid is really sensitive and we are not, can we let them just be sensitive Mm -hmm. and know that that thing that they can't handle when things are out of order? Can Mm -hmm. we allow that? Can we allow when, they cry mm-hmm. or when somebody feels a strong emotion, do we feel the desire to tamp it down because we can't handle their emotion or can we just let other people feel and be their true selves? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think we're talking about something deeper here than simply behavior. We're talking about allowing people to actually just be. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can let go of the expectation of that we know the best way to be, we know the best kind of personality that you should have, because we don't, we're all different, and if the world were all, this, if we're all the same, it'd be boring. But I don't know, I think of all the things in this book, which there are so many beautiful things, this is the thing that I'm taking the most from, mm-hmm. but I just want to spend my life dropping keys to people. Mm-hmm. And, and to myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's conventional, like, I mean, if we just look to society, there's cages, right? We talked about with girls, be small, um, be quiet, be happy, don't take up space. Mm -hmm. You know, with boys, it's like, don't cry, don't, you know. Like, be powerful. Yeah, yeah, be in control, whatever. And there's cages we build around all the people in our life because, and I think oftentimes it's because it's control. I mean, it's like we can't handle whatever they're putting out, but I think it's like we can't be free. We can't not be in a cage if we're putting everybody else in a cage Mm -hmm. all around us. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like if you can picture that with, I mean, I just think of uh, picturing that, like handing a key to someone that's really upsetting you, I I think it's like freeing both of you. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? You know, I just realized, you know the golden rule of do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Mm -hmm. It just came to me that what we do to others, we are also doing to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, we've talked so many times about, you know, we can't give to somebody else what we don't have ourselves. But literally, I think, I think this is truth. 
that literally as we do things to other people, we are actually doing those things to ourselves. And the truth in it is because we're all connected, that we're not actually as separate as we think we are. So it's mm-hmm. impossible to hurt somebody else without hurting ourselves or to truly love somebody else without truly loving mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. That literally our actions are actually doing the thing to both. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Does that make sense? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm reading another book right now that, has been making me feel this that collective energy and we're gonna get like really like (laughs) for a second but I think on a small scale you can feel that big time just like in your house if you are locking all the cage you're caging everybody up and you're feeling like tight you know that feeling when Everybody, just because they're alive, is driving you nuts. Mm-hmm. They're breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> no, you're just locking, locking, and you start to feel tight. Like, yes. you can feel your cage. Yeah. You're making your cage because you're you're constraining everybody else. And as soon as you start to open, let everyone be, I feel like then you can be. And it's like, mm-hmm. like you can feel your house just like, it's you know, so true. I feel that so much with my kids. That's mm-hmm. so true. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So as we make our own keys, that's how we drop keys to others. We make the key for our own cage and that drops the keys to others. And as we also focus on dropping keys to others, we're freeing ourselves at the same time. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love, um, Glennon Doyle in her book. She talks a lot kind of about your, Kind of, because she she talks about how she really started to kind of cage herself at the age of ten, and she talk, she goes into more details about that. But it made me think about when I and I think we all can think about when we were younger, and there is a like a wildness about when you're young. You don't really mm-hmm. care what other people think. Yep. You do your own thing. You do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do. You know what I mean? Because you're a kid mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. you're just like wild and free. And there is something so beautiful about that. And when I think about my younger, like when I read her story, I thought about my younger self and like, it's true. You're so uninhibited. There's really so much of you that doesn't care what mm-hmm. other people think. And then there's a certain time and I can't speak for boys cause I'm not a boy, but when you are a girl where you do become, you start to become a little bit more aware of like, what do other people think of me? What, like, mm-hmm. should I, should I dress this way? Should, I feel like for me, junior high and maybe for a lot of people, like junior high seems to be like, everybody's a little bit insecure. Mm-hmm. And so you're not totally, like, I feel like you start to become the hyper aware of what we talked about earlier, where like you're looking to others for maybe approval or like maybe what you should be feeling. And so going back to at least like the story with like the food thing of like looking to yourself and like, what do I, what do I feel? Like, mm-hmm. what's my hunger? Mm-hmm. And then, so I think, um, and an exercise that I liked doing as I was reading this book is like thinking about maybe that wild and free self, like my most, my truest mm-hmm. self. And sometimes that I do think of myself as maybe like a child, like when I was truly like uninhibited and really didn't think about what people were thinking. And then it's like how, yeah, like how do I want to live that more now and like let myself out of those cages in like mm-hmm. a really good way? Like mm-hmm. how can I, because then I think it does allow you to, yeah, like give that to other people as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's really helpful. Something I loved that as she described the specific cages, it's being aware of what our cage even is, right? right? And I think it's really helpful to look back to when you're around Mm -hmm. 10 because that is when I think for boys and girls, well, we're we're all being fed messages all the time. But I mean, that going into junior high age is when we do receive a lot and we're really like open and receptive to those messages Mm -hmm. at that time because we do care so much about what other people think. But again, yeah, for girls, the idea of 
being small, don't be too much. Mm-hmm. Don't be too strong. All those kinds of things are messages that girls, at least I think I can speak from experience, that those are messages that girls receive. And boys receive the message that it is weak to show emotion and that power is worth, is the most important thing. And mm-hmm. you're able, and lying, cheating, and stealing to keep your power is okay. And I mean, there's all sorts of cages around objectifying others and all those kinds of things. And I think that it's valuable to at least look back at your own taming, as Glennon would say, so that we can undo it. Because you mm-hmm. can't undo anything you can't identify. Right. So, right? Can be aware of so what messages did I receive? Or am I still receiving? I still receive the message on a regular basis, not from people who are close to me or really intentionally by anybody, but I feel like you hear sentences all the time from society in general that being a mother is, being a good mother is being a martyr. That's a message I still receive on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. And unless I identify that as a taming that I'm not willing to accept, how can I... Mm-hmm. actually even live free of that. So mm-hmm. I just simply see it as, you know, I I don't accept that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that being mm-hmm. a mother is being a martyr. I believe mm-hmm. that a mother is being choosing to sacrifice from a place of fulfillment. And that sacrifice is worthy and beautiful and good, but it's not being a martyr. Mm-hmm. I'm not sacrificing myself at the altar mm-hmm. of motherhood. Totally. Right? And I think just yeah. identifying that is super, super helpful. So Definitely. hopefully as you're listening, you can think of times throughout your life that you were told you were too much of this or too much of that. And it in, because of that, you tamped down your true self. And that's what we're talking about here mm-hmm. is untamping mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. taking off those taming experiences by identifying them. Yeah, so we can live our lives fully and freely. Mm-hmm. I think really that comes full circle is, and this is a quote from Glennon, we forgot how to know when we learned how to please. And that is the problem. It's not that... Again, like we said, it's not, okay, now I get to go be, like, wild and just, like, well, if that's your truth, maybe that's what you'll go do is go be wild. But I'm saying we don't know because we've gotten messages from everywhere else about how how we should be. Mm-hmm. And just asking that question, what is the most true and beautiful thing for you and not ignoring that instinct in favor of pleasing the messages or or the other people around you. But that's not in belligerence because when you do acknowledge your truth and remember and know what your inner, inner wisdom is, you take the cage off yourself and off you're taking cages off other people and allowing them their truth as well. It It's all connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and gosh, it's just so... Nice. Just so peaceful. I mean, it sounds aggressive almost, the process, but it's really not. To look inside, I, that comes back to mm-hmm. everything we talk about kind of comes back to that, doesn't it? To yeah. looking it's inside like full of circle. Us. Yeah. It feels unanchoring at first when we have this discussion of what do you truly want? How can you be your true self? What are your cages? It sounds unanchoring, but I think as soon as we tap into what's inside of us, it's the opposite. It actually anchors us down to what is the mm-hmm. most true and the most beautiful, mm-hmm. which is not either crazy wild or <laughs> being in a cage. It's and both. Yeah. We, 
the asking that question is really anchoring and grounding for me. What is the most true and beautiful life I can be living right now? And I think the cool thing is, and she talks about this, but I totally believe this. Like we all have this inner knowing. She calls it an inner knowing, but you can call it a, few, a lot of things, intuition, other things like that, that we, um, like we can know it and we can like kind of, if we can learn how to tune into that for ourselves, we can like come to know that like truest, most beautiful self mm-hmm. of our own instead of like looking to society or social media or whatever for what we should look like mm-hmm. or be like or mm-hmm. act like. We can tune into ourselves. And I think that's the beautiful thing is that sometimes we learned at some point in our life to maybe look to others to mm-hmm. figure out what that is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, how should I act or like what should I be? But I think the beautiful thing is, is that we all have it within us to be able to, I think there's a lot of tools for it. There's meditation. There's, you know, praying if that's part of your like ritual. There's different things like that that can help us really center in and help us like come come to that knowing mm-hmm. of who we are and who we're meant to be mm-hmm. and then live true to that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's finding God inside of me mm-hmm. and connecting with God. Mm-hmm. And for others, that can look a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But as you were talking, that inner knowing for me is tapping into that space. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, I just had to drop this at the end too. This is our 100th episode. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so fun and I feel like this is a very pertinent topic to celebrate mm-hmm. find our inner knowing and thank you Glennon love this book alright guys let's find the magic hey guys this is Felicia I just wanted to give a quick thank you to all of you who listen I really feel inspired and close to our community we got a new review this week and it says, ladies, I cannot tell you how much I look forward to each episode you produce. I love the truth you all share and real examples of how to begin and attain conscious parenting. I always walk away feeling inspired and ready to take on any ta- task. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and truths. And I just have to say, it means so much to us when you guys leave reviews, not to mention helps us. So if you feel so inclined to leave a review, just open Find the Magic podcast in your podcast app scroll to the bottom of the page click on write a review and tap the stars to rate us and give us some feedback we love to go here to find questions for episodes and to connect with all of you on what you're wanting us to research and distill and share it just really means so much and we make this podcast for you so thank you all don't forget to hit send on your review all right let's find the magic Everyone knows that the housing market is insane right now. So whether you're buying or selling a house, it's just absolutely crazy. Um, And speaking as someone who has both bought and sold a house in the last few years, I can definitely say that using a realtor from Utah House Doctors is a lifesaver. Um, so a couple years ago, we bought and sold a house here in Davis County. And um, with our realtor, we were able to definitely save a ton of money um, with both both processes. Um, we were able to price it right, and it was something where we needed to sell it quickly because we were moving out of state, and it was so helpful to have someone here while we were moving out of state to kind of handle all of that situation. It was so great. And then we just bought a house a year ago, and the market has only just skyrocketed uh, since we sold our last house. Um, and we were actually able to get a house in a prime spot in Davis County. Um, and we got it for less than what it really should have gone for on the market because 
we had a realtor who knew what he was doing and knew what to look for. And it was just amazing. So, um, we seriously, me and my husband recommend Utah house doctors to anyone who is looking to buy or sell a house right now in this market. It is totally worth, um, everything and it'll definitely end up saving you money and any sort of emotional or mental stress for sure. So definitely check them out if you're in the market. Their website is uthousedoctors.com. That's uthousedoctors.com. Me, 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 me. Brown cows.